Good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together as our campuses join us in Stevens Point and Appleton. And let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is a statement of faith. This is who we are, what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us this morning. And again, greetings to our guys over in Stevens Point and Appleton. Trust you're having a great service. Uh, we're having a great summer this summer, worshiping God together. Uh, I don't know if you uh, caught last Sunday's message. If you missed it, you really should go online and listen to it. Uh, it's a life changer. It's talking about the power of God's word to transform your life. If your life is struggling, if your life is difficult, if your life stinks to high heaven, get God's word inside of you. Somebody say amen. amen. This is what will transform you, and I promise you it will. In fact, I would challenge you, if you would make a firm determination, all y'all, all y'all, listen to me, <laughs> a firm determination every Sunday you're in church and every Wednesday night you're in church. When we pick up again in September, I guarantee you, one year from today, your life will be dramatically different, better, stronger, healthier. Now, everybody wants better, stronger, healthier. We just don't want to do what it takes to get it. And uh, there's no shortcuts to this, all right? Or you can keep doing what you're doing, and we'll keep praying for you <laughs> over your smelly life, you know? It's up to you. At some point, you got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Amen. All right? That's what you got to do. Come to church. Let God's word get in you. We're doing a series uh, this summer called Ask the Pastor. I'm letting you guys pick the topics, and, uh, and I'm answering the questions. This uh, Last week, I got this question. Pastor, how do I find my gift? Where do I really plug in? What should I do? We read about gifts uh, in Romans, the 12th chapter. The, the Apostle Paul writes to the Roman church. And he's describing to them the power of God moving through people. And by the way, it's one reason you want to be in church. God will show up through people to minister to you. I know what you want. You want, you know, special valet God to show up. You know, you just stay at home, never connect with anybody. God will just come and put on a show just for you. All right? Well, oftentimes it doesn't happen that way. God wants to use people. And he wants to bless you through people, something you can't get if you just sit at home. All you people who watch us on TV, and we run into you all over Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, we watch you every Sunday on TV. Well, whoop de stinking do, all right? You need to go to church. You need to get your butt in the church where you can connect with people and God can minister to you. I know you like sitting there in your jammies, praising the Lord, drinking your latte, thinking you've been to church because you listened to a psycho like me for 30 minutes, all right? That's not church. 
You need to get your butt up and get going. You want God to change your life? You got to do something. You need to move towards him. If you will draw close to God, God said he will draw close to you. What a lot of people want, they just want to say, God, just come close to me. They don't want to do anything. It just doesn't work that way. Anyway, so he's writing to the Roman church about how to uh, use your giftings in the kingdom of God. Let's read what he says. He says, for by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and it was parts, we all got lots of different parts, one body, lots of parts, and all these parts do not have the same function, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts, according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, when the Bible, the New Testament talks about prophesying, it's talking about divine utterance. You're able to speak and encourage people uh, with the word of God. When you preach and teach, this is supposed to be prophesying, divine utterance. He says, then do it with, in accordance with your faith. If it's serving people, then serve. If your gift is teaching, then teach. If your gift is encouraging, then encourage people. Again, hard to get encouraged if you're not around people. Go to church. If it's giving, then give generously. Some people, that's their gift. That's their gift. God has blessed them. They're very successful. And the way they make a difference in the world is to give back to others. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. But the question is, how does one discover what one's particular gift is? Now, the prevailing uh, thought on this matter over the last several decades in the church, which is often more influenced by our secular culture than the Bible, sad to say. But this has been the prevailing thought. Follow your heart. Do your passion. Chase after your dreams. Because if you follow your heart, your gift will instinctively rise to the top and you will discover your true purpose in life. Sounds very much like a Disney film, all right? The problem is, what if your heart isn't pointing in the right direction? You see, discerning your heart can be a tricky proposition at best. How do you know what your heart is really doing in terms of the kingdom of God? How much are you being influenced by the old sinful nature, by other people, by fears and securities, by you know, really hearing God's voice? Is it just your own head? I mean, all these things, it takes a while and maturity to really understand these things. I've watched many people over these low, these many years follow their hearts only to see them end in failure and rejection time after time after time. If they don't get mad at God, then they get mad at everybody else for not seeing what they're supposed to be doing and who they are and the problem is they're just chasing this in the wrong direction. Well, pastor, doesn't God promise to give me the desires of my heart? Yeah, he does, but I think we've just got it reversed. I don't think you lead with that. But let's talk about it a little bit. Let's see what the Bible says about the desires of your heart. Psalm 37 says, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 20 says, may he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. Again, the challenge here is that these promises like this are not exactly unconditional. There are conditions. 
Where is your heart? What if your plans are different then or even opposed to God's plan? What if the desire of your heart is misplaced or even inspired by evil? People do all kinds of crazy destructive things and they think it's okay because they're following their heart. One of the most damaging things, and it's like a plague today, is of unfaithfulness in marriages and people who have affairs. They devastate their families. They ruin their own lives. They damage their own children. They rip apart any kind of trust and respect people have for them. And they do it all because they're following their heart. The scriptures about the desires of your heart are not unlike the scriptures that talk about answers to prayer. Jesus taught, if you pray, God will answer your prayer, right? But then look what James says when he writes to the church. When you ask, you do not receive. What? Jesus asks, and you will receive. James comes along and says, when you pray, you don't receive. Why? Because you're praying with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You have to understand when Jesus says, when you ask, God will give you, you know, he's thinking from a pure heart. And you got to assume that in terms of pureness of heart, Jesus was like at the head of the class, okay? I mean, this, everything he did was from a pureness of heart standpoint. Encouraging people, man, just pray. God will answer your prayer. Well, the factor, and this is sometimes our hearts aren't always so pure, and we get ourselves in trouble. Will God give you the desires of your heart? Of course. That's what the Bible says. But if the desires are in the right place, and I would submit to you this morning that oftentimes the desires don't get into the right place until you do what I'm about to share with you. All right? Don't lead with that. This stuff oftentimes becomes more evident later after you follow the path which I'm about to give you. Remember, discerning your heart can be a tricky proposition. How can you be sure that your heart and your desires aren't driven by pride or ambition or greed, lust or fear? But there's a better way. And I think that we do this first. And I'm about to show you a biblical path that'll make it much clearer for you to know God's will in your life and to find your giftings and then discover your passions and your desires, okay? I'm not saying you shouldn't have passions and desires and all this stuff in your heart. What I'm saying is leading with it is a very precarious situation. I don't think you lead with it. You do what I'm about to share with you. But before I share this with you, I want to tell you about a a video I saw just recently on the internet. It was uh, Mike Rowe, this guy that does, uh, you know, dirty jobs and stuff like that. He's a really entertaining guy. If you've never seen him, he's quite, quite amazing. But he does this video where he comes out and he says, don't follow your passion, follow your opportunities. And he points out in his presentation that true success often does not come from following passion, but rather from following opportunities. And I read this, I heard this, and I went, yes, because that's what the Bible teaches, which I'm about to show you in just a minute. You say, well, successful people say that they were following their passions. You know, you've always got the, the singer that, don't let anyone say you can't follow your dreams. Or the actress, I just kept following my dreams no matter what. Just let no one talk you out of it. Well, okay, we're talking about the one percenters in life. This is extremely rare. Following your dreams often only makes sense if your dreams are in line with your giftings and opportunities. Exhibit A in his argument was the show American Idol. Now, I used to watch American Idol. I haven't watched the last few years. I 
don't really enjoy that nonsense. But the part I used to enjoy greatly were the beginning uh, tryouts. <laughs> right? Because these people are just dreadful. They're horrible. And they sing. And then, of course, ah, 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 they're kicked off. And what do they do? They get mad. They get mad and they're crying and they're yelling and you're bleep, 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 bleep. And they're yelling profanities at these judges. Saying, you can't talk me out of my dream. I'm going to follow my dream. Say, man, these people need to wake up from their dream. <laughs> my friends all tell me I can sing. You need new friends. <laughs> now, there's tens of thousands of people that come try out for these things. And they're all driven by their dream, by their hearts, their passion. They're convinced because they watch some singer or actor on TV say, yes, just follow your dreams and anything can be possible. The, the reality is the dreams are just not based in reality. And they're going the wrong direction. I don't know that Mike Rose is about Christian or not, but his admonition to follow your opportunities has a much stronger biblical foundation than following your heart and trying to decipher your desires. We read about it in Revelations, the third chapter. Jesus telling John the apostle to write this letter. He says, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, these are the words of him who is holy and true, who hold the key of David. And speaking of himself, he says, what he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. And he says again a little bit later, talking about I've opened a door nobody can shut. One of the clearest ways for you to follow God's direction in your life is to follow the doors and opportunities he gives you. Respond to the open doors and turn away from the ones that are slammed shut in your face. Now, the Bible says God will direct your path. In Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, very familiar verse of Scripture, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. You see, God will direct the path he wants you to take. He's not generally in the business of just giving you the path that you want. Now, I have taught this to you. And if you disagree with me, get in line. I'm just trying to share my advice. I'm answering the question. But I've shared with you from my life experience where I've gotten in my life has always been responding to the opportunities that God has given me. And in following the opportunities, discovering talents I didn't even realize I had, and then having passions that drive what I'm doing. In other words, it's the other way around. I've often told you the way God leads me. People always say, oh, Pastor, I'm so glad God spoke to you to do this. God, I'm so glad God spoke to you to do that. I think, God didn't speak to me. I'm apparently not that spiritual. The way that God has always led me is he closes every window and door in the house, opens one door, and lights the house on fire. <laughs> and I'm suddenly motivated to take advantage of the open door that he has in my life. The reason we even moved to Green Bay initially, it was the only door 
open to us. Say, well, how do you know it's God's will? Because I trust God and I pray and I know that he is the one, as the scripture says, who opens doors that no one can shut and shuts doors no one can open. That's how we came here. We started ministering here. And then after five years, it's time for us to spread our wings and fly. The only open door before us was going to Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Now, I love you guys. I really do. But I didn't want to go to Stevens Point, Wisconsin. I did everything I could to find someplace else. I sent resumes everywhere. Videos of me doing my thing. I knocked on every door I could possibly find. Tried to crash open every window I could find. Somebody somewhere must surely want this. But nobody, nobody anywhere wanted me except the people in Stevens Point. God bless you all. So we went to Stevens Point and we started ministering there and leading, being a lead pastor for the first time in our lives. And right about that time, we were doing this laugh your way thing and trying to encourage marriages and stuff. But it was hard and it was hard to get people to come to these conferences. And I told my wife and everybody, I said, listen, you know, it's... You only hit your head against the wall so often. And uh, I said, Let, let's stop. Let's stop. We've got three more conferences. Let's finish these conferences. And then let's just stop and just focus on the church. Okay, okay. So as soon as we made the decision not to do it anymore, the next three conferences were jammed to the walls. <laughs> I mean, it was stunning. It was crazy. How could this possibly happen? I've told this story many times. I only have so many stories. But... Got a call from some... Businessmen, two businessmen had gotten together and basically, long story, very short, very concerned about marriage and said, listen, uh, we hear you do a really good job with this. You have to understand, this man had never heard me speak ever, ever. Shows up on my doorstep and says, listen, uh, if we put together, you know, a backing of four to five million dollars, would you continue to do these things to help marriages? Okay. <laughs> I mean, talk about an open door. I understand that money didn't come into my pockets. That money was just to help us go, which we'd burn through like a rate you have no idea. But it got us going. And it opened up this incredible thing that we're doing today because we followed this opportunity. It's stunning to me how many Christians don't get this. It, you know, they have these opportunities and then they, uh, I don't know if it's the Lord. And they're waiting for voices, and they're just spinning their wheels and wasting their time. It reminds me of the story of the guy who's floating in the ocean in a raft, and he's praying, God, God, send me some help. An old tugboat showed up. So said, you need some help? No, I'm waiting for the Lord to help me. A helicopter comes buzzing by. You need some help? No, I'm trusting in God. Cruise ship pulls up. You need some help? No, I know the Lord will answer my prayer soon. Soon the guy dies. The guy says, God, where were you? He says, you idiot. I sent three people to help you. <laughs> but they didn't come the way he thought. He had some kind of divine revelation. We all struggle with this. I have some, we have some good friends in, in Iowa, the Blakes. We love the Blakes. and the Friends of ours <laughs> sent me an email a few months ago. Pray for our daughter. She needs wisdom. Really, what is it? Well, 
She has this great opportunity. She's going to make way more money doing something she loves more than anything else, and she gets to move close to home. She needs to know, is this God's will? Does she want to do the job? Yes. Would she like to make more money? Yes. Does she want to live close to home? Yes. Well, then just do it. Praying for a revelation. For heaven's sakes, it's right there in front of you. See the door that God opens for you. Respond to your opportunities. Now, not every opportunity comes from God. You got to use some wisdom. Sometimes the Lord or the devil try and take you down bad paths. But even then, you know, some of these things become very obvious if you're just looking. If you're not sure, ask for advice. The Bible says there's safety in the multitude of counselors. If you're not quite sure, I got this opportunity, I got this opportunity, run it by me. I pretty much can give you a really quick answer. <laughs> Sometimes you're just so close you can't see it, but other people can see it. Trust God. What if it's the bad thing? What? You know? The story of Joseph, I told us a few weeks ago. Joseph, God put Joseph in Egypt, and it was a horrible path. His brothers tried to kill him. Then they decided to sell him into slavery. Then he winds up in prison. All that was God's path to get him to Egypt, where he became the ruler, virtually, the second most powerful man in the world. His life totally changed. Don't get freaked out. Trust God to open and close doors to get you where he wants you. Again, there's people that will come into your life. It's a bad idea. If you're not sure, if it's not self-evident, ask and get some advice. But usually these things make themselves fairly evident. I remember some years ago, while we were doing our own business, we were out of ministry for a while, and we had our own company, and we were writing and producing music for radio and television. My dream was always to score music for films. You know, if you do films, you know, you're a somebody. One day I got a call from a production company, a film company, saying, we've heard your music. We heard you do a great job. We want to know if you would score our film. Praise the Lord. And we were broke, man. We were so broke. We had to look up to see how the poor people lived. It was bad. Here's our opportunity, doing films. So what kind of film is he? Oh, it's an arts film out of Minneapolis. It's all says produced. We just need to score it. Great, so I go meet with these movie people. I sit down and start watching this movie. Let's see it. Okay, so he starts showing the film. And it's this real weird, eclectic thing that made no sense. And I'm trying to follow what the heck is going on. And this, that, and about 20 minutes. And all of a sudden, boom, it's a porn film. I said, whoa, 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 stop, 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 stop. They hit stop. I said, what? I said, I thought you said this was an arts film. He says, that's what we call it. Said, that ain't what I call it, man. That's just... So I did not take that path, all right? Wanted to take the path because we needed the money, but no, no, no. Sometimes you just you got to let God's word guide and direct you, all right? Ask for wisdom and advice. Now, I would encourage you to be less focused on the feely, touchy concepts of follow your dreams and be much more focused on responding to the opportunities that God puts before you. And the reality is, it's in following your opportunities and taking advantage of your opportunities that you'll really discover your giftings and then become passionate about that. Leading with the desires, I think, is a fundamentally flawed approach. And the testimonies to this end are just stunning. 
of people who spin their wheels all their lives accomplishing nothing, thinking that they are the next American idol in whatever field that they're trying. This is a big problem for a lot of young people. You young people, listen to me. A lot of young people today are making this mistake with their careers. Rather than looking for great opportunities and preparing for their opportunities, they've been taught since they're little watching the Disney films and listening to all these teachers who just preach all this new age feely goopy stuff that you just got to follow your dreams, your dreams, your dreams, your dreams. We got all these people, young people today that are preparing for careers where there's no jobs. Hello? Reality check. You may want to be a marine biologist, but if nobody's hiring marine biologists, you might want to pick something else. Look for opportunities. Don't get caught up. You know how many people today have careers in areas they can't find jobs in? I mean, just spinning their wheels because they're chasing, oh, instead of using their brains. The Bible says use wisdom. Wisdom will give you a good path. Look and pray and ask God to open and close doors for you. Look for opportunities. Quit chasing dreams. Chase opportunities. Look where you can succeed. Some of y'all want to really succeed. I know everybody's got to go to college. Some of y'all, it's not a good path. If you want to make some good money, be a plumber. Seriously, you know how long it takes to get a plumber? Because all y'all went to college. Nobody wanted to become a plumber. They're having a great time building nice houses because they make a lot of money. Be a bricklayer. Look for some kind of skill. Look where the opportunity's at. I promise you, bricklayers and plumbers make a lot more money than philosophers with PhDs. Hey, it's your life. You want my advice? Look for opportunities. Be wise. Look for opportunities. Ask for God to open doors for you. Even in the kingdom of God, the Bible teaches us to look for and respond to opportunities because it's consistent with this God who says, I am the one who opens and closes doors. We read about this in Ezekiel, uh, uh, Ezekiel, <laughs> I made up a new book in the Bible. Look at Ezekiel, chapter 32, Ecclesiastes. Written by Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived. Smart guy. Now, when he writes Ecclesiastes, at this point in his life, he's totally depressed because he's just so bummed. I mean, you want to read a real depressing book, read Ecclesiastes. It's like, ugh, because he's so smart. He's always made the right decisions, always understood. But he's had everything he ever could want, and he became bored and kind of depressed with life. But let's listen to what this incredibly smart man says. In Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10, he says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Look for these opportunities and chase these opportunities and do it extraordinarily well. You say, you may, and the thing is, you may not even end up there. You might eventually end up in Egypt. But you're taking this path right now. What your hand finds, do it. And then being as depressed as he was, he says, you want to do it because in the realm of the dead, where you're going, <laughs> there is neither working nor planning nor knowledge nor wisdom. Sheesh. He's a lighten up, man. So he basically says, look for great opportunities because you're going to die anyway and you can't do nothing. Thank you for that word of encouragement. Uh, 
Colossians, Paul writes these words, pretty much the same words. He says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. It's not being driven by our passions that help us find the right path. I believe it's in responding to the opportunities that this God who opens and closes doors gives to you. And in doing that, we discover our true gifts. And in discovering our true gifts, we become passionate about what we're doing. Now we're doing the desires. Because we're following something that we've fallen in love with. Because we succeed. We're doing things we never... I'm telling you, I'm doing stuff right now. I'm doing what you right now. I never thought I would do. Nobody ever wanted to listen to me. It's true. That's why after I was in ministry originally, and by the time I turned 30, I thought, man, this is awful. Nobody wants to hear a word I say. So I, we quit, you know. We still stay in the church. We didn't become crack addicts or something. You know, we still stay in the church. We're very involved. But I, we had our own business and stuff like that. But it wasn't until I, in my wildest dreams, I never thought I would ever be able to stand in front of people and have them actually listen to what I say. Much less these seminars that they actually pay me to listen to what I say. Praise the Lord. Do I love it? I love it, man. I love it, but I didn't chase it first. See, followed the opportunities, took advantage of it, saw giftings, and became passionate about what I do. I'm not against passion. I'm Puerto Rican, man. I believe passion is important. What I'm warning is that just following your passion can get you thrown off of all the American idols in the world. Out you go. And some people, they're just clueless. I have, I have a friend, bless his heart. I trust he's not listening. <laughs> but uh, he was passionate. He wanted to go into ministry. I'm supposed to be in ministry. And he was great at selling himself. But as soon as he wound up, people could see he was terrible at it, and they'd fire him. He probably got fired six times in five years from six different churches. Fired. I think there's a pattern there. I call him and said, as I got fired, how you doing? Oh, good. So what are you going to do now? Oh, man, I'm just going to keep pursuing ministry. I just know that's what God wants. I'm thinking, I don't think so. (laughs) Look, I'm all for perseverance. I know that's an important part of it too, but at some point, you need to wake up and smell the roses. Trust God to open and close doors for you. Use wisdom. Look for opportunities. I'm telling you, the most successful people in the world. And here's the problem. The way they sell it and tell their story is awful not helpful. Because what they say is, oh, I just followed my dreams and I became successful. That's not really why they became successful. Because there's millions of more people who followed their dreams and got nowhere. If you take these really successful people who tell you how they followed their dreams, keep asking questions. You'll discover that ultimately what they did is they responded to the opportunities that were in front of them. It's responding to opportunities that makes you successful. Look for opportunities. Don't be just chasing things because you don't know. You might end up at 61 years of old doing stuff you never thought you'd do. All right? Especially you're young. You're young. We all got crazy ideas. (laughs) I thought I was going to be a rock star at one point in my life. (laughs) I was shocked when I turned 21 because I wasn't famous yet. What? I would have been voted off American Idol. Ah, ah, ah. 
Trust God to open doors and close doors for you. Use wisdom. Look for opportunities. In responding to the opportunities that God puts in front of you, you are much more likely to discover your giftings and end up doing things that you are truly passionate about. Even in the church, in the ministry, look for opportunities. We're waiting for visions and dreams and stuff. Because, Pastor, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the Lord to tell me what to do in church. Man, millions of Christians do this. They sit around, they do nothing. Are you involved in this? No, I'm just waiting for God to tell me what to do. Really, just look for an opportunity. Look around. Who's asking for volunteers? You know, so I'll, I'll try that. And if you fail, try another one. Just look for opportunities. Let me sit around waiting for voices, signs, and visions, and revelations. If God wants to send you a vision of revelation, he's a big boy. He can do it. But don't just sit around and waste time. Don't get caught up in fantasies. Look for opportunities. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, that you are the God who opens and closes doors. You open doors that no one can close, close doors that no one can open. We know that we can trust you, relax in you, knowing that you will make our paths straight. Help us, Lord, to find these paths. Help us to use wisdom. Help us to be the kind of people who succeed insanely in life because we know God is on our side and we're always looking for the right opportunities and take advantage of them. From the simplest volunteering to our career paths, Help us, Lord, to be people who respond to the wonderful opportunities that you give us and in doing so, discover talents and gifts maybe we never knew we had and then become very passionate about what we do. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you guys.